knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. 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 This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. And welcome once again, everyone. Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez, as the man said, hosting another edition of Poker Action Line as we head into 2016. Lots of events here locally in town. Uh, we got a special guest tonight, our good friend Mark Perlman, uh, former floor man, former poker dealer, former poker, poker instructor, host. <laughs> uh, and uh, former dealer over in the Tampa area before that, and, of course, extraordinary uh, Omaha high-low player. He's going to join us a little bit later uh, because he is uh, working as the tournament co-chairman of a special charity event at the Seminole Hard Rock tomorrow night, benefiting the American Friends of Mayer Panim, uh, a group that fights poverty in Israel. We'll talk to Mark a little bit about his tournament which uh, starts uh, tomorrow night, as we do the show here on Wednesday. It will be Thursday, January 21st. If you happen to hear the show and you have nothing to do, or or you're looking for a place to play poker or a chance to give back to the international community, uh, be sure and head on over there. The party starts at 5 p.m., a cocktail reception at the L Bar inside of the Seminole Hard Rock, and then they'll kick off the tournament at 6 p.m. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, The interesting thing is that... uh, they have a, a several special guests, including the grinder, Mike Mizraki, and his brother Robert will be at the tournament to play, and also David Levy, uh, the featured players who will be playing in this event. I'm going to be there at the party tomorrow. Joe will drop in if he can, uh, but we will uh, certainly have a good time uh, tomorrow night. I don't believe I'm going to play in the tournament, but uh, uh, we'll see. You never know. Well, there you go. I'm hoping to make it down here. I've got other obligations that I'm trying to see if I can put off to the side and and make it down here, at least for the party and the start of the tournament. So Mark is, uh, as I see, the tournament chairman, and also uh, the co-chairs are uh, Stephanie Rosen and Bradley Rubin. Uh, So we'll meet all those people tomorrow night and talk with them. And we'll have Mark on just a few minutes after our first break on the program. But I do want to recap some of the results of some of the big, uh, not just local, but international events. Uh, going on uh, the first week of January as things get kicked off. Uh, here we had the Lucky Hearts Open over at the Seminole Hard Rock. That was a WPT Deep Stacks event with an $1,100 buy-in. Uh, they guaranteed a million for the main event, and they smashed that with 1,684 uh, entrants in this one. And it wasn't unlimited entry, re-entries. You could only re-enter uh, a second time in each session. There was uh, two opening sessions and uh, you could re-enter uh, again in that session, but not more than once. But that's pretty impressive. With I only, like that. With only two sessions, they needed just over 1,000 people to get to the guarantee with the way they broke down the prize money and, and the deduction from the 1,100. And uh, what did you say it was, 1,600 players? 1,684, so almost, oh, almost 1,700 players. That's very impressive, very impressive. Uh, the winner was Salomon Ponte, uh, 26-year-old CPA from Toronto. Uh, and uh, I did not see this, but uh, our producer, Gio, uh, saw his uh, interview uh, online and said he was very cocky about the win, which made me think, uh, what's the history on this guy? <laughs> uh, he won 341000 and was very pleased, but uh, talked himself up as being the best player there and, and this sort of thing. And uh, I looked at his uh, Hendon mob, and he had just three caches prior to the victory for uh, under $20,000 so combined combined and he wins 341 here so that's uh, he, his biggest payoff was uh, at Fallsview last year in uh, the main event when he finished 18th and won 16,000 well listen you know you, it, it, it's always fun when you win a tournament and you talk so now you got the bullseye on you for the next one you play in so but i was there for uh, a good bit of the uh, well i dropped in during one of the opening days and i went back for day 2 uh, then they finished up on the uh, third day, but uh, certainly was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people saw a lot of people, interesting people, and uh, I talked to Josh Beckley real quick. Uh, we had uh, interviewed on last week's show uh, Neil Blumenfield, 
So in uh, a matter of uh, eight days or less, I talked to the first, second, and third first place finishers yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the biggest tournament. So in the Josh world was poker. down here for the Lucky Hearts. Yeah, and he played in several other events. So uh, were there a lot of others? Did you notice a lot of other big names down there? Because obviously you've got the Aussie Millions, you yeah, got the PCA there was, there was in, in the good, Caribbean. You know, Jay, yeah. Jason Mercier was there playing. Uh, Alan Kessler. Uh, trying to decide what a big name is now. I mean, I, I know a well, lot of I, Aaron, I, would, I, I don't have a problem with calling Jason Mercier a big <laughs> well, name. Well, of course not. Uh, Aaron Massey, who's been on the show with okay, us, I like yeah, Aaron very much. Go. He was playing there. Uh, uh, trying to think. Uh, Kelly, Kelly Minkin was there. There you go. That was a good name for you. Uh, you know, uh, uh, as far as the final table, uh, Harrison Gimble made the final table. He's a local guy, though. And, uh, you know, a lot of the, the big local players felt like they could hang here and, uh, and hold close to home and, and play a good tournament without having to make a big travel. Uh, Ryan D'Angelo uh, is a very good player who also made the final table. So uh, there was a lot of really interesting uh, type characters there. I talked with our friend Al Gomez who played uh, and uh, did not did not cash this time, but he's uh, he's been playing very well. And, and we both know about Al knowing our, our friends over at Hialeah. <laughs> did he give you any any information on that? No, on the not, current not status too, of, of not too much more because he people? hadn't really heard. I told, him, in fact, I filled him in on a lot of things. But uh, also our friends from uh, SoFlow Poker, uh, Kobe Reebok and Michael Tate were playing. Nigel Murray and. Uh, uh, Michael Ortiz and and a lot of local really solid local players uh, were here and playing. But uh, uh, guys like Daryl Fish went to Australia. I know that. So there was uh, people choosing some of the different events around the around the country. It was right on the heels of P- PCA, and uh, so you know people coming. Yeah, you had to make a kind of choice really because I know that I know I think the PCA was kind of. Kind of overlapped finishing a little it up, bit. Yeah. Finishing up, and then you'd have to take that trip out. You'd miss a couple of days of the Aussie Millions yeah, started exactly. their tournaments over there. But it's a lot of traveling to go out there, so I would imagine you'd like to get up there rested. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I saw Neil there again, he, Neil Blumenfield. He played in uh, this one as well. And I think we'll play all the big tournaments down here now that he lives in South Florida. And uh, talk with Josh. Uh, I, I did do an interview. I was going to do it for the show, but to be honest... Uh, uh, it, it really didn't turn out all that well, and uh, I decided to skip it. So um, he's a young kid and uh, doesn't have a lot of experience with the media. And uh, was it one 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 word answer? Is that well, what it was? He didn't elaborate. Not, not exactly, but uh, uh, I did my usual uh, make a statement, you know, basically as I do sometimes, and then expect the person to kind of just respond and, and run with it from there. And uh, I went through the opening kind of statement, and he said, uh, do, you, do you have a question? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, well, should I start over and do this or just uh, make the most of what we have and uh, and go on? But he, he he was very thrilled, obviously, with his, uh, you know, the, the, the November 9 and how that turned out for him very well. And yeah, uh, you know, picking up $5 million is not a hard well, thing four, to do. 4.5, I think, was well, the total. So, uh, who yeah. quibbles over yeah. half a million at those numbers? Well, you, you have to quibble when you, when you got backers and also you got the IRS. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, final, final order finish here at the Deep Stacks uh, main event at the Lucky Hearts Open. Solomon Ponte, 341000 for first place. Ed Mallon. Finished second in the head-to-head play. Uh, they were pretty close. Ponte had the lead going into uh, head-to-head play. Uh, but it was kind of a back-and-forth battle, I guess. Both players took the lead. So a pretty nice battle. Uh, it ended when... Uh, this was kind of bizarre to me. Uh, they were, at course, 300K and 600K with 100,000 ante. So the blinds were up there. Uh, Ed Mallon limped in with... Nine eight of spades, so suited connectors. Ponte shoved with ace king offsuit, and uh, Malin uh, called his called off his stack basically. And where were they stack wise again? Uh, at that point, I don't have the exact numbers, but I mean, because calling with a nine eight, my guess would be he must have been pretty short stacked. Either that, I don't, I don't or got to read that the other the other player was very weak. You know, it's, it, there comes a point in these tournaments, Dave, where you either get fed up with what your opponent is doing and you're just going to say, all right, if it's a coin flip or if I'm 60-40 behind, I'm just going to take this shot now, right. you know. But, uh, you know, 
again, not knowing how his opponent had been playing, how Solomon had been playing, calling off with a 9-8 if you're equally stacked. My only reason for calling with that, that those two cards is that you got some sort of read on your on him, and, and obviously it was a very wrong read if right. that was the case. Well, they both paired up on the flop. Uh, <clears throat> Allen got his 9, but Ponte got his king, so uh, it was all over when they're... Uh, when there was an ace on the turn, basically, and the only chance he had was, was getting a nine on the river. Nine, Didn't catch yep. it. Uh, it was a four on the river. So Mallon took home 192000 for second. Uh, Tong Ho was a third. Harrison Gimble finished fourth, 93000 Kenneth Watson, fifth. Michael LaRocca, sixth. Ryan D'Angelo was in seventh place. And then rounding out that final table, Zach Goodman and Paul Bolzano. So uh, pretty interesting event. Look forward to it. And uh, so we will uh, go ahead and... Uh, Follow the next tournament over there, which is uh, going to be uh, the big seminal showdown, which comes over in uh, April. But of course, they'll have other stuff before that. I know. But uh, uh, anyway, I just got a note, just got a text there from Mark, and he's going to be a little bit late. So we'll go ahead and uh, and spend a little more time on a couple of these tournaments here. But uh, another nice event over there. They have the big yeah. ballroom. Tony Tony Burns, our good friend, is now the tournament director, doing a great job over there, coming up with some new ideas. He has a couple new tournaments coming. We'll try to maybe have Tony on and see what we can do to talk to that. I'll have to come up with a list of questions, of course, but, <laughs> which you know I love. But uh, anyway, uh, certainly looking forward to that. The other tournament I wanted to mention was the PCA, which uh, was actually an EPT event. The main event was a uh, European Poker Tour event. And the winner was Mike Watson, known as Sir Watts Online. Uh, he was the champion there, defeating Tony Gregg down the stretch. And uh, uh, Watson, uh, he wins, let's see, he wins 728000 uh, Tony Gregg, 612 for second, which is kind of, uh, that's kind of interesting, isn't it, uh, Joe? You think that they the number's to, pretty close. Huh? Yeah, they had to, sounds like a deal. It does look like there was a deal. Yeah, there is a star there. So uh, there was some sort of agreement there, but seven twelve and uh, or six twelve and seven twenty eight for uh, Greg and Watson respectively. Yeah. Phil McAllister finished in third, three fifty six k. Toby Lewis was fourth. Vladimir Tryanovsky in fifth. Randy Kritzer sixth. So uh, again, this is a big international tournament which draws people from all over the world. Therefore, uh, it's not just going to be the big stars, and uh, we are following that one as well. So Mike Watson. Uh, big win. We were on the air uh, finishing up uh, when it was in the final table last yeah, week. Yeah, last so week. We were talking a little bit about that. Also, one other tournament finished up. The uh, WSOP circuit was out in uh, Oklahoma, and that finished up, uh, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, Andy Filichek uh, from Garland, Texas was the winner, 393000 Jeffrey Lander second, Andy Spears third, Will Berry fourth. That was that Cocteau? That's Choctaw. Choctaw, excuse me, Choctaw. Choctaw in Oklahoma. So uh, big tournaments all going against each other and all uh, doing very well. And that's how we're missing one local tournament that usually runs around this time of the year. The Isles. The Isles tournament. Correct. Uh, So big numbers out there in Choctaw. It was uh, uh, 1,565 runners in that one, so... uh, uh, I call that a really big number for a circuit event. You know, the, you don't usually draw huge numbers, but uh, they have been one of the premier stops now of the of the circuit. Uh, it's kind of that mid-range type of player, 1675 buy-in as opposed to some of these other bigger ones. They drew almost the same as the Lucky Hearts, but char, but well, Lucky Hearts you're paying you're paying an extra five hundred dollars. The Lucky Hearts is what eleven hundred dollar buy-in. Yeah, but that was the you know for, as far as Hard Rock tournaments go, that was one of the smaller ones. They actually had a twenty-six fifty that started the next day, so there was an actually a larger tournament, but the main was smaller. It was tied in with. WPT Deep Stacks, which is also kind of a mid-range level of event. Oh, but it's still nice to see that in two different parts of the country, you're you're getting over 1,500 people to play in these tournaments, with buy-ins ranging from 1,100 to 16 and change. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the interesting thing is Filicek, uh came to the to the uh, final nine with a with a just 14 big blinds, end up winning the event. So that's a pretty nice comeback. Yeah, that's that's getting lucky really early. Yeah. That's getting lucky and getting your cards to hold up early and then, then rolling from there. So interesting events. Uh, they go from one to the other. They moved on to the Aussie Millions. They're playing out there in Melbourne, and they're kind of midway in the event. The main event there is a 
$10,600 buy-in, uh, basically uh, Australian dollars. We were talking about it before the show. Conversion factor right now is 69 cents to the dollar. So you're talking about 6900 in American dollars to buy into that. Funny thing is uh, overlapping it is a high roller event for 100 grand. Or sixty nine. Or sixty nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Joe, Joe, Joe's all over this math. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, anyway, that, that will be played uh, starting Sunday, the twenty fourth. They'll play through the thirty first, so there'll be several opening days. I'm sure of that. And they will play through February first, as far as all the tournaments go. Some really great uh, tournaments uh, there. They have a Hall of Fame event uh, that's eleven fifty, and of course. Uh, you know, bounty tournaments and uh, eight-game mixed tournaments, Pot Limit Omaha. And uh, as I mentioned last week, they have several tournaments that are played with a shot clock, which uh, should be interesting to find out what happens in some of those. I'd be very interested to find out how those those work out. Uh, if, they, if they get a great response, I, that, that, that could be the new hot thing going forward in the future. Right, right. You know, should be good. Something that I think... A large percentage of poker players, I'm talking probably in the high ni- in the 90s at least, would be in favor of a shot clock. You know, the, I do too. There's no reason for for 99 percent of your decisions to take uh, two three minutes to act upon, and which happened to be an issue this year, wasn't it? Uh, with one of the players at the, at the final table, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, that was taken so long on day oh, one. Oh, uh, yeah, Zvi Stern. You know, that's just... Uh, <laughs> you forgot him already? Yeah, for, uh, listen, <laughs> you, you annoy people, they forget your name real quick, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he's a great player to get to that final nine table, but there's, I just don't see, you know, that, that so many of your decisions have to take that long. Well, so. I can imagine at the party tomorrow night, of course, this is a... Uh, a, a Jewish function benefiting uh, uh, people in Israel, American friends of my ear, Panim. And, uh, of course, him being as Israeli uh, certainly was pretty interesting, uh, I think, for the November 9 this year. A growing poker population there, by the way, Yeah, well, in, in Israel. A, a lot of great, great Jewish players down here in South Florida well, and, and uh, starting with our good friend Mark Perlman. Yeah, Mark will join us uh, after the break. We're coming up on that break. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, if we get to it later in the show, uh, I, I mentioned it last week, and I don't know if we're going to have time tonight, but we're getting closer and closer to this Global Poker League, uh, and they have named the teams and the logos and the captains, and uh, there's yeah, going to be a draft an international, coming. Yeah, an international match, though, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, actually, it's going to be, uh, I guess, in several places. Uh, let's see, 300000 uh, is the buy-in for the tournament this year. Uh, I guess for each team, and uh, that will bring a prize pool to over 15 million, and it's going to be aired on on uh, Poker Central, the 24/7 Poker Channel, which is not yet on our cable system, uh, as you have to work at it to find it a little bit. But uh, they have some interesting programming. As I mentioned last week, I'm looking forward to the Global Global Poker League. Uh, you don't see a lot of team events, and um, you know who knows if it's going to work out. Uh, a lot of people are skeptical, but uh, we saw those international competitions where you were representing your country, and, and some of those were kind of fun. I think the players really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I take it a lot like uh, like the Davis Cup, which uh, you know has uh, you know the, the individual tennis players all playing for their country and stuff. This it's the only thing that kind of is similar to what they're trying to do here. And uh, you're right, Dave. I don't know if that's going to catch on. <laughs> I you know I you sound skeptical I, as well. Well, you know what it is it's. <laughs> For the casual, again, I look at this from a casual poker fan's uh, perspective, and you want—I know these are outstanding, great poker players that are representing their countries for each of these teams. But a lot of these people are well known to the people, you know, to maybe the 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 ten, fifteen percent of the poker world, and I'm not sure if that's something, you know, that. That if you stopped in a local poker room and mentioned more than half of these people on these teams, anybody would know who they are. Right. Uh, and let and less even where they're from and what country they're going to be represent. So, you're going to do something team. You you need to get the highest profile players at least to to generate the interest that I think you need. You know you don't need to to entice the 
top 15, 20% of the poker people. They're, 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 they're already, they, you've won them at hello, okay, that you've got a poker tournament. You've got to try to attract, find something that's going to bring that other 80% of, of you know, casual poker players, poker watchers, that's going to entice them to watch the, the event. Right, exactly. Uh, so let's clear that up uh, when I was stumbling into the other thing. Uh, the Aria is hosting the Super High Roller Bowl, which will be aired on Poker Central. That is May 29th through June the 1st at, at the Aria in Las Vegas. Uh, as far as the Global Poker League goes, there's going to be uh, 12 teams in that one, and uh, they will play in different venues. Their, their draft is going to be at the end of February, February 25th. Uh, they'll be in Beverly Hills, Los Angeles area, to select the players for their team. That's actually going to be live-streamed on Twitch. And uh, Phil Helmuth and Danny Negronomy will be there to uh, kind of commentate on the draft. Uh, this is the whole plan of Alex Dreyfus to sportify poker and uh, copy some of the things that have worked so well in major sports. Uh, Kara Scott is going to host the, the draft. And so those teams will draft then on uh, February 25th. Um, you know, a lot of players were talking about it from what I heard at the PCA and we're pretty excited about it. I, I, now, I really think when you that say they're going to draft players, are they drafting players from their country or just no, the, will, just somebody from the global poker? No, the, the team. Just to give you an idea where the teams are. I mean, there's a team in, from Berlin, and it doesn't have to be Germans uh, that they draft. They're wide open to draft who they want. But uh, the cool thing about sportifying this this game is, you know, having logos and. And okay. some sort of T-shirts or, or polo shirts or whatever they're going to wear. But you have the Las Vegas Moneymakers, the London Royals with Liv Boree as the captain. Uh, really going to be kind of interesting. And then uh, I guess it's pretty much wide open uh, who they select. Although, when a team is located in a certain area and has a player from that country, there's a good chance that they're going to have uh, fellow countrymen on s at least a couple on each team. I just assumed that's exactly how it was. Right. It's uh, obviously the reason I shouldn't have well, taken an assumption. You know, you, if you look at uh, a country like maybe Italy, uh, up and coming, a lot of good young players, and probably can have a couple. But uh, if you have a chance to to take a big name American, you know that Max Pescatore is liable to. Uh, do that as opposed to just drafting a talent. I, I wondered, are they drafting players? I mean, you know, again, my mind always thinking as to the which way they should go there is drafting players for the team that play, you know, under 23, under 30, under 35, you know, so, somewhere There's along no that line where you're, you're getting people who have similar life experience at least if not poker experience because of their playing time. I mean, Dave, people our age, you know, the people are in their mid-50s like you and I grew up playing this game a whole, you know, lot different than these young players today, yeah. even though people our age, like Neil, that we had as a guest last week on the show, you know, you, you have to definitely adapt to play like that, but it'd be nice to play against somebody that grew up playing poker at the same time that you did and, and you know, has a little different take on it, yeah. so I'm I'm just curious as to whether there, there's anything like that in this global poker nah, index. We'll, we'll find out more as it goes along, especially when it gets close to closer to the draft. But uh, as far as I know, no restrictions as far as nationalities, ages, anything like that. So we'll we'll see what the they may come out with some other rules later on, and we'll talk more about it then. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our first break in the program. We'll come back with uh, Mark Perlman, who is the tournament chairman of the tournament at the Seminole Hard Rock, which is uh, January 21st at 6 p.m. for benefiting the American Friends of Mayer Panim. And we'll talk with Mark when we come back, but I do want to tell you about our friends down at Gulfstream Park who are uh, really having things rolling down there as uh, the racing season is well underway, a lot of great events. The Sunshine Millions uh, took place this weekend, and they drew a lot of fans for that. Uh, so obviously the horse racing is in high gear, but the poker is as well, as they have tournaments each uh, night, 7 p.m. They have a lot of great games and, and full tables there. It's a great room located in the backside of the uh, first floor casino. They actually have two casinos, uh, the first floor and then up on the second floor, the one where they had the uh, the uh, big uh, fish tank uh, cracked open and uh, spilled water oh, yeah. a couple of years that ago. Oh, yeah, about a year, a couple of years ago is right. Yeah, that uh, certainly I remembered for that, but uh, 
They've replaced it with some other nice things. I don't, they didn't come back with another aquarium, but uh, <laughs> hey, what are you going to do? Uh, but located on the first floor is a, a casino, also a po- uh, horse racing simulcast area. There's uh, little uh, places to get something to eat. But in the back of the room is the 20-table poker room and uh, run by Scott Poole, a good friend of ours. Uh, they've done a great job over there, and it's a lot of fun to play. Well, listen, we know how much fun it is to play over there. They've got a great staff. So much to do. I mean, the poker room is just beautiful. We know that. But so much to do on the whole property and, and everything there. The racing is now running live. It's yeah. just it's just a great time to be had by everybody who goes there. Check out their website, golfstreampark.com, and it'll give you all the information. Of course, they have the uh, Saturday morning program where you can bring the kids and trackside to get something to to eat for breakfast and uh, meet up with some of the trainers and jockeys to come and talk to the people. They have special kids' events and uh, face painting and characters uh, uh, performing there. So it's really something for the whole family to kind of introduce them to horse racing in in a way that's really fun and wholesome. So I really enjoy uh, heading over there from time to time. And then, of course, the stakes races. Uh, still got some big ones coming up at the end of this month, the Holy Bull, Swale, the forward gal. That's on the 30th. This weekend, uh, all they have, well, I don't want to say all they have, but uh, just one stakes race, the uh, H. Allen Jerkins uh, race, which is 100K purse and uh, two miles on the turf. So uh, looking forward to uh, heading back over there and playing a little bit maybe this week. Uh, they are located in Hallandale Beach, just off Federal Highway. 901 South Federal Highway is the address. And if you want to call the poker room, find out when the tournaments are, or find out a little more about the rewards program, you can give them a call at 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Gulfstream Park, tell them Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez sent you over. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration, and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. I'm the one that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. on the program, Big Dave and Joe, and uh, a good friend of ours who has joined us here in the studio several times and actually filled in for Joe for a couple me, of times. Plenty of times, plenty of times. Great guy. Is is our friend Mark Perlman. Mark uh, is uh, serving as the co- as the chairman, uh, tournament chairman of the uh, event tomorrow evening, uh, Thursday, January 21st at 6 p.m. 
the uh, charity poker event benefiting American Friends of Myer Panim. It's going to be at the Seminole Hard Rock, and we'll get all the details from Mark, uh, the grinder, and his brother Rob is supposed to show, and uh, David Levy also as well. So uh, $200 buy-in, and they got some really great prizes. So let's get some of the details from our good friend Mark Perlman. Uh, Mark, how are you tonight? I'm great. How are you guys doing? It's good to be back on the show. <laughs> What's up, Mark? It's been a while, I know. Uh, I'm glad to have you back. Uh, I know you're pretty busy playing. Uh, is it uh, is it always Omaha high-low, or are you uh, getting branching out a little bit? I, I play a little uh, pot limit high, a little PLO here and there, but mainly sticking to my forte, which is, uh, as you know, high-low. Exactly. You had a couple of deep, ca- deep caches over the last couple of years at the World's uh, World Series of Poker in Omaha High-Low. And uh, are you finding, just before we get into the tournament, I wanted to ask you, is it uh, picking up among uh, poker players? Are there people learning this game, and is it getting tougher for you out there? Uh, yes, it, it definitely is. The five-card variation called Big O has actually been taking off like I could never imagine. There's going to be some tournaments uh, in Vegas for Big O, and I'm anticipating there actually might be one for the during the World Series. Uh, when the full schedule comes out, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So that game with the five-card has kind of taken over from the four-card variation of high-low, and I've been playing that now for a while, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, are you uh, a step ahead of, ahead of everybody on that? Are you uh, definitely going to... Uh, play the one in Vegas and uh, take advantage of these uh, fish out there? I will plead the fifth on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know I'm always going to throw you a curveball here and there. I just decided to lead off with that one tonight. Yeah, that's funny. No, I, I definitely have a little bit of an edge. I've, I've been playing the game for a while now, and I, I, I love it. it it's, some, it's, a, it's a game that takes a lot more skill with that fifth card. Uh, you, you have your regular playable hands for four card that don't necessarily translate into the five card variation. You still so it's definitely it's taken a lot of time to fully understand the game, and I'm definitely not there yet. So, do you play with uh, a full table of nine, or you have to play with like six? Uh, it depends on who's there. Sometimes we'll play eleven. Wow. <laughs> No, that was a joke. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, mainly it's an eight-handed game, and uh, lots of times we'll play nine. You can play nine-handed and not use burn cards, or eight-handed and everyone gets dealt in and the normal burns. So, you, so you're dealt five cards instead of four, and you still use have to use two out of your hand. Correct. Okay. Uh, not totally over my head, but. Uh, <laughs> I w- I Are you would... sure, Dave? I know you had a little difficult time with the high-low with the four cards. I would, I would be swimming in with my gills open, I think, though, to be honest with you. Anyway, uh, I, I know you've been working hard on this event tomorrow night. Uh, you're the tournament chairman, along with, I guess, co-chairs uh, Stephanie Rosen and Bradley Rubin, uh, at least according to the latest information I have. And uh, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. Tell us a little bit about how you got involved with this charity and uh, in particular, this charity event. My father, uh, who lives in Baltimore, Maryland, is a famous cantor. Uh, and he was asked to join the board of the Mayor Panim, uh, who were fighting poverty in Israel. He was asked to join the board. And he snap called immediately at that uh, opportunity. So I wanted to get involved myself uh, to show my support as well. So when they came to me and asked about doing a tournament in Florida, I, I jumped at that at that offer, uh, and and here we are now. They they had a few successful tournaments at the Bicycle Casino, uh, in or maybe it was a actually it was a Commerce in Los Angeles the last few years, and now we're having it in at the Hard Rock in Hollywood uh, rather than in, in Los Angeles. Well, I did notice that uh, there is a Baltimore office and there's one in L.A., but uh, it's kind of not a familiar group for a lot of people here in South Florida. Say that again? I say it's not its not a real familiar group uh, of people here in South Florida, although there is, of course, a large Jewish population. Uh, I noticed that uh, their locations of some of their... Uh, you know, their offices are in L.A. and in New York and in Baltimore. Those are the three main ones here in the United States. So tell us about, uh, uh, is it expanding here in South Florida as a, as a, as a popular charity? Uh, for sure. 
I mean, it, it, we, fighting poverty in Israel, they, they feed everybody. It's not it's not just Jews. Uh, they feed all Israelis. Uh, Mayor Fahim, uh, they operate seven soup kitchens or free, free restaurants across the country and serve Israel's poor and hungry with almost 390,000 meals a year. Wow. Uh, so it's really great what they're doing there. Just one, one of the locations is in Demona, which is a city in the south. And the restaurant serves over 550 meals daily to residents there. And uh, the, the total number of meals provided is uh, almost 140000 The cost of running that kitchen, just that one alone, is $500,000. Right. So obviously there's uh, a lot of people that are donating from all over and a lot of benefactors, which is great. Well, and, it- uh it's really kind of a first step to feed people and then to uh, work some of the other programs they have to really kind of uh, help people, uh, you know, lift themselves up by their bootstraps and, and get to work and, and, and do some big things there. It's, uh, there's a lot of different programs. I looked at some of the projects, and uh, it's uh, obviously a great program. Yeah, for sure. They, they work tirelessly and through their efforts have garnered the earned reputation and support to now be on the threshold of opening the Middle East's largest food commissary. Okay. And uh, that's the largest in the tiniest country in the Middle East. So uh, they provide a lot more than just food. They provide Israel's first responders and soldiers. Uh, it was the first to remove the stigma of a handout. They don't call their, their food station soup kitchens. They're called free restaurants and nutrition centers. The Nutrition Center will be providing 30,000 meals every single day to Arab and Jewish Israeli children every single day. So if you if you come to the tournament to assist us in feeding the hungry, maybe just maybe instead of one of three children going to bed hungry in Israel, maybe maybe just maybe 100,000 more will not go to bed hungry this week. Yes, very, very great cause. Uh, tell us a little more about the tournament. Uh, it all kicks off with a cocktail reception. That will be at the L Bar tomorrow night. Uh, for an hour before the tournament starts, uh, for those of you who uh, do not know exactly what the L Bar is, it's kind of a brand new uh, circular bar that's uh, kind of on the way from the main entrance to the ballroom. It's kind of halfway on the right, uh, very near the uh, Hard Rock Cafe entrance. So uh, uh, it's a great little place uh, to have a party, and uh, you'll kick things off with a cocktail reception there at the L Bar. Yeah, for sure. It's pretty brand new. I think they've only been open for maybe six months. It was part of the renovations that they've been doing there. Uh, it's, it's a great bar. We're going to have it rented out. Uh, we have food, uh, kosher food coming from Aroma Kitchen, which is fantastic food there. We also have uh, kosher wine that, that's being donated, and it's just going to be a really great event. We're going to have a meet-and-greet with Rob and Michael Mizrahi, uh, who were very happy to, to get on board with me here and Brad and Stephanie to really get this thing out there. They've really been helping with publicizing on Twitter, Instagram. I mean, they, I, I couldn't, I really can't say enough about what Mike and Rob have really done. It's, uh, it's really been great. And, and David as well has, has been publicizing. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to make it, uh, but he's definitely been helping a, a lot as well with the publication. Okay, and uh, tell us a little bit about well, the buy-in. We know is two hundred dollars, and people can rebuy if they get knocked out of the event for a hundred dollars. Uh, get back in and play some more. Uh, you got some nice prizes on the line. We do. Uh, we're giving away two seats guaranteed for the April uh, Seminole Hard Rock po- Poker Shootout. It's the main event for thirty-five hundred, and uh, that's going to be the first or second week in April. We're also adding $1,000 to the prize pool for the chip leader at the end of registration. So after all the rebuys and add-ons are done, whoever has the most chips at that point will receive $1,000, and that's added to the prize pool. Uh, also, we're giving away a three-day, two-night stay in a suite at the Hard Rock. You can use it weekday or weekend, including $200 to Kuro, which is their newest restaurant there, which is fantastic. Yeah, fantastic sushi bar there, uh, really high-end that uh, people and all players that have been coming to the events have just raved about that place. So uh, that is right across from the L Bar, so you can get a good look at that as well. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, the crowd you're expecting, maybe, and uh, uh, exactly uh, how things are going to, where it's going to be played and that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're hoping to have uh, about 50 to 60 players. 
Uh, that would be our goal at this point. I think we're on pace to get that based upon the great response we've gotten through social media and just word of mouth, really. Uh, when, you, when you have a great cause out there, it's really easy to spread the word. Uh, the tournament will be taking place in the poker room, not in the ballroom. The ballroom, I believe, ends today for the tournament that they, yeah. the tournament series that they had there. Yeah, the horse so tournament be, is finishing up there, I believe, and that's tonight. Okay, great. And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be, uh, in the tournament, uh, area upstairs. So we'll have that. And, um, it's going to be a $200 buy-in. Uh, you're going to get 5,000 chips for $100 more. You get another 5,000 right off the bat. And uh, it's, it's going to be a great event, a lot of really great people, and really looking forward to it. And Rob and uh, Michael will, will play, and I guess uh, probably uh, people will all have a chance, not everybody, but uh, if you hang around the tournament for a while, you'll have to get a chance to play against a couple of the greatest players in the world. Yeah, for sure. And you'll get an opportunity to meet them at the meet and greet at the L Bar uh, from 5 to maybe 6.15. I anticipate going a little bit later. Uh, than six for the for the cocktail hour, just so everybody can really get to know each other and, and hear a little bit more about the charity and really in, enjoy themselves before the tournament begins. Okay, Mark, uh, appreciate it. I will see you there tomorrow night. Look forward to uh, to talking with uh, some of the players that will be uh, participating again. Uh, five o'clock starts the cocktail reception and uh, cards in the air. Uh, 6, 6.15, uh, which will be, I assume, over in the poker room on the second floor probably. Uh, how has the Hard Rock been to work with? I know Tony Burns uh, is running oh. some of the tournaments, and he's uh, just an awesome guy. Thank you so much for that lead-in. I'm telling you, Tony and Mr. Mason have been phenomenal. I, I mean, Tony's ideas that he's come up with with Mr. Mason have really just made this so much easier for us. Uh, the structure, everything... From beginning to end, Tony's been available, Mr. Mason's been available. They've really just been phenomenal. I couldn't say enough about them. And this is while their tournament's going on, their tournament series. So they've been so busy, and they've still been able to get with us and make sure that everything is, is running as smoothly as it has since the beginning. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. They do a great job on everything, and uh, uh, certainly they give back to the uh, charity community for sure. And uh and I look forward to talking with some of those people tomorrow as well. Once again, uh, benefits American Friends of Mayer Panim, which fights poverty in Israel, uh, diminishes uh, the effects of poverty on thousands of men, women, and children across Israel. And that will all be tomorrow night at the Seminole Hard Rock in Hollywood. Uh, stop by and say hello to me and, of course, uh, Mark Perlman, our tournament chairman. Are you going to actually play in the event? I am not going to be playing in, in, the, in the tournament. I just want to mention that if, if you'd like some more information, you can go to www.mayorpanim.org for more information. It's M-E-I-R-P-A-N-I-M.org, and they've got all the information there about the charity and any questions that you might have. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice website there for people to see more information about the organization. Okay, uh, if you're listening to the show after the tournament, unfortunately, you still can go to the site, you can donate and uh, give to a great cause. Uh, hopefully, you're listening to the show uh, when it's posted this evening, Wednesday night, but the tournament will be Thursday, January 21st, 6 p.m. at the Hard Rock with the cocktail reception starting at 5. Mark, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, good luck at the tables. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. It was great. Okay. Take care, Talk Mark. Talk to you soon. Okay. Uh, thank Bye. you. Mark Perlman, a good friend who has uh, been on the show with me many times here. Uh, I think he's on when you're not here, so I don't yeah. know if he's done any shows with him lately. <laughs> well, uh, actually, I've done one with him when you had to do oh, the exactly football show. Oh, exactly. That's right. You so did. So we yeah, did a great absolutely. show together, and it's so nice to see this. And you know, let me tell you, you said his father's canner on and on the board and everything, and let me tell you, he's got great parents. He's yeah. got great parents. And uh, Mark's just a great kid. It's, this is not a surprise to me that that he's you know willing working to hard on it. Give his time to, to try to help uh, those in need. Okay, well let's take our uh, last break in the program. Don't forget uh, our friends at Gulfstream Park. Uh, they have been a sponsor with us uh, for a couple of years now, uh, and uh, you know it's it's a place that I enjoy playing, and I like the people there. I like the 
the the fair game that you get and the dealers and the floor people and the supervisors and the brushes everybody's uh, been very kind to me over there so uh, I certainly enjoy heading in there and uh, I like horse racing too so I, I won't <laughs> lie when I go over there I'll bet on a couple of races of course it's one of the beautiful tracks in this country uh, you can see the uh, the condos for uh, from Aventura and Hallandale in the background of the track and of course neatly manicured crystal clean uh, spotless uh, uh, facilities they have uh, over a thousand uh, slot machines and of course uh, great racing from tracks from all over the country so uh, it's a great time and uh, of course they have the uh, village of Gulfstream Park as well with their new uh, restaurants like Frankie's and uh, the Adina bar, bar and uh, wine bar and grill and of course all the old standbys that have been there for a couple of years uh, the Yard House is a, is a great place to go and, and have some drinks and some food. Uh, some other places like Cantina Laredo and Three Forks and Brio and uh, really just a ton of great places there. They also have lots of great stores. Uh, it was packed during the holidays. They had lots of uh, great stuff set up for families and kids and uh, spared no expense for uh, Christmas lights and trees and that sort of thing as well. So this is one of the places in South Florida that's uh, kind of a hidden jewel because there's so many things to do here in South Florida, and we've heard for years about the different uh, paramutual facilities. This is Tops, folks. Uh, check it out. Uh, racing season going on now, so great stakes races throughout the uh, months of January, February, and March into the first part of April. And uh, it's a, it's an attractive place to go, so I would highly me- recommend putting it on your schedule and getting over there, especially on a Saturday, which is the big day over there. Yeah, their racing is great. But they have racing Wednesdays through Saturdays. You can get there during the week as well if you don't want to fight heavy crowds. Uh, maybe you want to go during the week, but uh, certainly a lot of fun and uh, lots of poker tables, lots of games and stuff heading on there. Uh, great promotions. You got uh, some jackpots, uh, high hands, and different things as well. So to find out more about it, just give them a call, 954-457-6336. That's 954-457-6336. Easy to get to from I-95 in the southern part of Broward County. Head up from Dade, head down from Palm Beach or Broward County, and get off on Hallandale Beach Boulevard, head east. And it's right there at the corner of Hallandale Beach Boulevard and Federal Highway. Gulfstream Park, one of the jewels of South Florida. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean. You can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Full Throttle Drag Racing Series. Join Joe at 7 p.m. Eastern each Tuesday night for the first edition of NHRA Nitro. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, 
NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. segment of the show, Big Dave and Joe finishing things up. We're getting to a little uh, strategy here. Uh, one article I picked up uh, by David Apostolico. I want to talk about that just for a moment. Uh, but a great tournament over at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock, the Deep Stacks, uh, WPT Deep Stacks tournament was the main event. Uh, it was called the Lucky Hearts Poker Open. They had a tremendous turnout in the opening event, uh, which uh, had over 4,000 entries. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Yes, it is. 4,000. Wow. There were actually... Uh, How many starting days? Eight starting sessions. Two that's each day for four days, and then they finished up the next day. Uh, just a 350 buy-in, so a lot of people probably bought in more than once. But uh, the winner was Ty Ha, and uh, he won 230000 for a $350 tournament. That is really nice. <laughs> Raminder Singh was second. David Shaw was third. That was the opening event. Um, Jordan Meltzer and David Prosiak, two of the guys uh, that I knew who they were from the final table. But that kicked things off. It was a half-million guarantee, and uh, the prize pool ended up being uh, 1.22 million. Yeah. So pretty amazing. Uh, You know, I I know that uh, they went short on the big uh, $10 million tournament, uh, not this last year, but the year before. And probably a little gun-shy not to make these huge guarantees anymore. It's kind of uh, gone the way of, uh, um, you know, into the sunset, uh, kind of uh, some of these huge guaranteed tournaments. But they continue to put them on. Uh, Well, you know, they they also didn't have uh, competition that they've had for the last few years when Niall was running their tournament. No, very true, very true. So that kind of, that allows you to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah, it seems like a... Seems like a lot of the biggest events uh, occurring now in Broward County and in Palm Beach. Uh, obviously, we have the um, the circuit event coming here on February uh, the fourth through the fifteenth. Uh, things kick off with a very uh, interesting monster stack event on the first day. Also, the horse tournament is that first day. I might be playing in that one. I'm not sure yet. Oh, really? This year, the the horse tournament is the yeah, first event. Yeah, it's a five. It's not. It's a, actually the second event. Uh, the, the Monster Stack kicks off at noon that day, and then at 5 p.m. is uh, event number two, the horse tournament. So uh, you can actually play the opening uh, session, or maybe you want to wait a day and, and get in one of the later uh, draws for that. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The 5th through the 14th, this is, uh, or the 4th through the 15th, I should say, 12 drinks in 12 days, just like in the past. And the, the whole schedule will get a little more into that next week when we start looking at the circuit event, but Palm Beach, this is the sixth year now. Isn't that pretty amazing? It really is. It just seems like yesterday that we were there playing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, and now they run it twice a year. Yeah, they have a second event in September, but uh, this is their biggest one, obviously. And the last I checked, I'll I'll look into it this week, but their their bad beat jackpot was 275,000 last week, and they're kind of crossing their fingers, hoping maybe it's still alive. And when February rolls around, there should be some uh, crazy stuff going on there. Yeah, that, I mean, listen, I can't assume over the last few years that their their uh, cash game tables aren't going to be nonstop play while while they're while they're doing the circuit event. But that two hundred and plus will probably get over three hundred thousand uh, easily by by the time this tournament kicks off. If nobody hits it will guarantee that those tables are nonstop for all the time that they're open. Right, for sure. Should be interesting. Uh, one of their competitors, uh, I, I basically are going head-to-head, but i got to cover them all. And then the Coco Poker uh, Showdown also starts uh, tomorrow. That is uh, Thursday, the, uh, the 21st. Uh, they kick off a 10-day run for their uh, group of events. A little bit smaller. So this buy-in. year they're not going to they're not going to cross over this year. No, they'll be like. done by the time the, the West Palm Which Beach Which I think benefits starts. every poker yeah, tournament ex- player down here in South Florida. Absolutely. Uh, the Coco Poker Showdown's main event is the 26th through the 29th with a 350 buy-in, much smaller event. Uh, they do have a deep stack tournament, a $100,000 buy-in, $100,000 guarantee with $1,100 buy-in. That is on the 30th at 1 p.m. So uh, some interesting stuff there as well. 
maybe we'll try to get up there. Uh, they have other events uh, as low as eighty dollars, so they uh, they cater to some of the smaller players uh, at the uh, Coconut Creek Casino, which is uh, located on Sample Road, out by four forty one. Uh, let's get into a little uh, brief uh, strategy talk here. Interesting article that I came across written by David Apostolico some time back. And he's, or I'm not Apostolico, I'm sorry, David Chikotsky. Uh He's known as the Maven. Uh, Apostolico writes in Annie Up. Uh, I got that confused. But uh, Chikotsky wrote this article called Changing Up Our Sizings. And he said one of the most important things in poker is obviously to throw people off by... Uh, not being too consistent. You want to kind of change things up from time to time. Yeah, and, you know, bet sizing is one of those. Uh, style of play is another way, Dave. You know, they they always used to tell you, be aggressive on a tight table, uh, you know, <laughs> and then be tight on an aggressive table. And your bet sizing, your raise sizing, I believe, is what Dave is trying to right. to address here in this right. article that you've read. Uh, you know, uh, people look at kind of a, a staple as three times the big blind. is like an opening raise. Right. But that seems to be changing. Uh, we've seen two and a half times. Some two people times. Three and a half times. But even those small changes between those sizings uh, can kind of uh, throw people off. If you're too consistent, then people know what you're going to do. Exactly. I mean, you know, the, the, the inexperienced novice poker player will raise an exorbitant amount usually when they're holding aces and stuff. And, you know, as you start getting a little more sophisticated in your style of play, you know, at the table, Dave, you want to change up your bet sizing to kind of throw off your opponent. Because, you know, the top opponent, you know, your top poker players are watching your, your bet raises, seeing how you react after you've been called. Uh, what kind of hands you're showing down at, at showdown if right. it comes down to that point. And they're taking all these mental notes and writing them down. And if you don't change up your bet sizing, they're going to use that against you. I know many times I've been at a table and uh, someone uh, makes a big raise and, and the, see a player that knows he has a good hand and has tried to decide if he wants to stand. And I've heard so many people say, why so big? You know, trying to figure out exactly what the thought process is besides the raise. And sometimes they may not even have a hand. It might be just to throw everybody off. It is. And again, why so big? It all depends on who's making that why so big bet. You know, um, I'd make a large bet if I knew that the opponent who raised on me was someone who was just consistently raising. So sometimes you're going to raise with any two cards that amount of money just so he gets frustrated and throws those cards away. Sometimes you're going to piss him off that you're going to want to make him call, and then you turn over the nuts. Right. There's, there's a lot of you know uh, madness to the method that's being used. Now, when a novice is taking that big raise, is they assume that, my guess is that they assume the, the, the original raiser has a good hand, they don't want to just make a small enough raise where someone will call them and, and, you know, catch a set with a much smaller pocket pair. So they get nervous, and, you know, most novice players do that. I mean, I remember doing that when I was first learning how to play Hold'em, thinking that was the way I had to do it. You know, I'll, I'm either going to get him out or he's going to have to put in all his chips. You know, and there's a finesse to doing this. You, you want people to call you. There's times when you've got pocket aces that you want that call. Right. And, you know, like I said... In this particular article, David is, is, is addressing your bet sizing and how to use it against your opponents and how to use it in your favor. Yeah, one of the things he says is uh, if you do have a premium hand, uh, you might want to stay within your normal range, uh, something that you've been doing earlier in the tournament, just not to give away the information. Try to get more people to stay into the hand. Uh, not necessarily slow playing, but... Uh, not creating, playing it straight up. You're yeah, playing it not, straight up. Not setting up. off alarms. Well, because a smaller wager or a much larger wager obviously catches the interest of, of your opponents. And when you make the standard, you know, three-time raise, well, he could have a great hand. He could just be, you know, trying to play like he's got a great hand. No one gets a read on you if that's how you're doing it. Now, all of a sudden, if you don't constantly change up your bets... You know, people will start getting that read on you. They'll know that you have a very good hand, or that you're bluffing. You're you're raising with a with a four five suited or a six eight suited hand, or whatever two cards they are. They're they're going to get that read on you. 
top poker players will call you and then wait till the turn when they know you haven't hit any of that and then put the pressure on you to release your hand. That's why it's always great to make notes about certain players. I mean, if you're out on tour and you're playing these different guys, I was reading an article by Tony Dunst where he played against uh, uh, Will the Thrill, and Will bluffed him off a hand, and uh, he had pocket jack. Tony had pocket jacks, and the Thrill really had nothing. Had uh, nine, ten, weren't even suited, and uh, made a made a big play. And Tony folded, and uh, Will showed him the hand, and he said to himself, "I'm going to remember that next time I play him." You know, uh, so making notes and making not just mental notes, but writing notes. And then uh, coming back and playing some of these guys later on, you can use and, that stuff and later. And trust me, Will knows he's making that mental note. So the next time Will plays him, you know, you're going to have that little chess game going on again where Will will now make that kind of move but have a much stronger hand and entice Tony to call. Mm-hmm. Or will Will forget what he did to him and get caught in, in his own trap? This is all part of that chess game that 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 we love called poker <laughs> in, in in the game of poker. Yeah, in this article, David uh, Chikotsky says he was the by the way the the 2008 online player of the year, formerly ranked uh, number one in the world online. Uh, he is a poker coach as well, and he says that uh, increasing and decreasing your re-raise sizes will directly affect how often we'll be going to the flop with our opponents. And he said sometimes. You know, against a really good player, you want to make a bigger raise pre-flop just to get them out because you really don't want to go to uh, after the flop with a, with the top player. Yeah, because he doesn't. Especially need if to, you're out of position. He exactly. He doesn't need to have the best hand to take you off of yours. Uh, he finishes up by saying that uh, uh, we're trying to manipulate our opponent into doing what we want them to do. In tournaments, especially, small differences can have great meaning to thinking players. And instead of having just a default pre-flop or post-flop amount that you just robotically bet, be sure to change up your sizing and try to alter your sizing based on what is best for the situation at hand. Yep. I'm telling you, it's, uh, it, it's part of you know the ABCs of learning how to play this game, how to play tournament poker, even cash game poker. Absolutely. And uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up, uh, it was an article by... Uh, um, it was, uh, I think, Steve Rosenblum. Uh, he he talked about a hand. Uh, this was uh, from some time back as well. That Vanessa Russo played, and it was actually from 2010 in the main event of the World Series of Poker. And uh, t- the article is entitled "Pros Know the Art of Making a Big Bet Look Small." So uh, basically, what happened was uh, uh, Russo was in middle position. The uh, blinds were 250 and 500 plus the 50 ante, and a player to the right of Vanessa Russo opened for a min raise of a thousand. So uh, Vanessa re-raised to 2500. She had king 10 off suit, and she says that uh, this guy was playing a very wide range of hands. Uh, I knew he would raise with maybe maybe 910 off suit. He was calling raises with 106 suited. And she said, I, I felt like my King-10 would beat a lot of his range. So she said she had developed a pretty good table image at that point, which is always important for yes. some of these players to really uh, create their image. And she had said she hadn't bet three-bet anybody with a weak hand. So uh, every time she uh, went to a showdown, she had a good hand when she was re-raising. So she's created that image. Uh, in this pot... Uh, she, after the uh, raise she made with 2,500, everyone folded except the original raiser who called. Uh, the flop was 843, two hearts, which uh, did nothing for Vanessa. But uh, the original raiser checked and she bet 3,000. Uh, and he called. So she says, when he called that fast in the flop, uh, I figured he had a pair. Uh, he didn't raise me, so I didn't think he had top pair. Uh, so this is where it kind of gets interesting. The turn was a nine of hearts, so you Putting got three, up the flush. three hearts on the board. Uh, she knows. She says, I know he's not going to check a flush, but he checked quickly. Uh, I checked behind him knowing that if I could hit a king or ten, I'd have the best hand. And that's exactly what she got, the king of spades on the river. She now has a uh, top pair uh, on the board. And the original raiser checked again. So she bet five. This is where it's really interesting to me. She bet 5,000, which is a big bet, 
but she did it with a $5,000 loan, $5,000 chip. And she did it so quickly, she said, uh, it made me appear weak. And she said, I wanted to bet as much as I thought he would call, and I also knew it was unlikely he had he had top pair. So I wanted to make the bet pair small, and even though it's big, I threw it out with the one $5,000 chip. So she said, I don't try to do that against experienced players, but against beginning players, that can have a psychological effect and induce players to make a lighter call than they normally would. Uh, he called her quickly, and... She turned over her 10, and he mucked his hand. So we never knew what he had. No, we don't. She probably read him correctly where he probably caught a, caught a pair on the fly. Yeah, four or three, uh, and a small pair. So, uh, and yeah, I mean, I've never seen that before where it's used like that. But, yeah, thinking about it as I heard you reading it, yeah, it makes it seem like a, like a weak bet. Yeah, I mean... As uh, opposed to pushing out five stacks of 1,000 right. chips and $25 exactly. chips. It looks like a huge bet. It's the exact same amount of money, but it, but it, it gives you the, the impression that it's a very weak uh, wager. Exactly. And it's just another thing to think about this game, as, as you well, mentioned, that we love so much. It's one uh, of the reasons Vanessa Sauce is one of the... No, Vanessa one, Russo. I mean, Russo is... Well, both Vanessas are outstanding <laughs> exactly. poker players. Exactly. And uh, so, you know, there's on one hand, you're resizing your bets to keep people off guard. And in this case... You're making a big bet, but you made it look small, and and a lot of thought didn't go into it from the other player. No, no, I, I that the thought process may have been that seems like a weak bet, and 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 enticed him to call. So yeah, that's a very interesting uh, strategy. Something I'm going to definitely be thinking about next time I'm playing in a tournament. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, we always try to pull out some articles that that are thought provoking, and and it's a game that where you constantly need to change, uh, you need to adjust. And you need to uh, pull out a few tricks here and there uh, on people, and it's uh, much easier to do to a beginning player than it is an experienced player. Believe it or not, you know, it's, 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 the same, it's the same cards that have always been in the deck, but the game's constantly evolving in the way that you play the, the, the same game just so that the top players get that particular edge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is, this is one instance and one, one, one example of that. Well, we hope uh, people are finding the show uh, more and more on Hold'em Radio. We, th- we want to welcome all our listeners that pick up the show there. Uh, they're playing us a couple times a week, uh, usually on Saturday night, and then again during the week. We hope you'll enjoy uh, uh, joining us every week on Hold'em Radio. Of course, the other places you can get us are on iTunes, uh, Poke Search Poker Action Line, uh, download the show for free there, or go to our website, PokerActionLine.com. I'm working on some stories to uh, try to up, uh, update the uh, content. We haven't done that for quite some time. We're working on a few other things and uh, behind the scenes. And uh, we decided that we're going to give some people some stuff to read. So we'll have some articles uh, that I've written, that some other strategy uh, guys have written. And I hope you'll uh, pick that up. PokerActionLine.com. Uh, you can always, of course, get the latest show uh, by clicking on that yellow box on the front page and picking up the latest Podbean broadcast and uh, downloading it to your computer again for free. So uh, check it out. Lots of good stuff coming up. Our thanks to Mark Perlman tonight for joining us. Right. Don't forget the uh, the charity event tomorrow at the Hard Rock. Yeah. At the L Bar at 5 o'clock. Thursday at 5, January 21st. If you're hearing the show after that, you can check out the uh, the cause. Myirpanim.org. M-E-I-R-P-A-N-I-M.org. And uh, help a very good cause. Uh, obviously working hard to give back to the community. The poker world does it again. Uh, Gio, thank you so much uh, for all your help tonight again. Joe, thank you as well. And uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. We'll catch you next week on another edition of Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies. 